Hey, I'm Zanzi, and welcome to Farmers Inside Track, episode 224. I'm your host, Donum Du. Farmers Inside Track family, have you ever considered agro-processing tobacco to make cigars? Now, it sounds pretty niche, but a South African cigar manufacturer, Santa Bra Cigars, joins us in this edition to talk about how they grow, process, and produce it. Over to you, Food from Zanzi commercial journalist, Octavius Mandel. And welcome to Farmers Inside Track, Yakus Neyman. Yakus Neyman, can you share with us some information about your company and being the only company in South Africa producing cigars? The company, in fact, uh, you'd be interested to know is my wife's company. I'm assisting her. I'm employed by her in, in, in a way, being a husband. What happened is I started making my own cigars as a hobby. At a point in time when the children was no longer as much reliant and needed at home, my wife was starting to look around for something great to start off with. Having noticed all the cigars in the house, she suddenly said, but, you know, this might be an idea. Let's start seeing if there's any money in making cigars. So we're in the process of commercializing the first real South African cigar which is quite a notable, uh, let's call it, achievement. That's, that's how it, it all started off. We are, in fact, the only company, therefore, in South Africa making cigars. The cigars that we make is hand-rolled in accordance with the pure basic principles that applies to premium cigars. Premium cigars being cigars made from tobacco only, so you don't have any additives in there. It is just pure tobacco. You also don't have any machines in there. It is handmade. So it's absolutely a craft and an art to make these cigars. Can you share with us your process of cigar making from seed process to the actual cigar product? You know, cigars and red wine is quite a lot alike in terms of, of looking at the basic points of departure. So if you look at wine, you would say, look, the vines actually came from France, were imported down to Cape, and then we started growing our own, for instance, Shiraz, which is something that traditionally is known to be grown in France. The same with the tobacco leaves that we use in cigars. It is well known that the Cuban varieties are very well suited for the making of cigars. However, if you take a seed from Cuba and you plant it up here in the Western Cape, you're going to have a South African Cuban cigar in the end which will taste slightly different than what a typical imported Cuban cigar would taste like, which is just a factor or result of the environment that changes. What we do, therefore, is we would typically take seeds, we would deliver it to a nursery specializing in tobacco seeds. Uh, They will first plant it after about three weeks. The plants will start coming out. They will then be replanted again and grow for another three to four weeks and then is placed out with farmers close to Oatswaran in that area. After a period of about three months, they are then harvested. They air-cured and then after being thoroughly air-cured, 
the plants are then taken to be matured even further. So there's quite a lot of process behind the leaves before it is suitable for making a cigar. Most often, in most instances, our leaves, I would say, is about two years old before we, we start working with them and making a cigar. When you start rolling a cigar, you require at least three different types of leaves. So the first part of any cigar is the filler, which is the insides of a cigar. And just to differentiate it from a cigarette, in a cigarette, they usually use flu-cured tobaccos. In cigars, we use air-cured tobaccos, which is the two main tobaccos that is grown in South Africa, those two varieties, as a general sort of grouping. In the Western Cape, tobacco that is grown is mostly air-cured. To the northern provinces, you find the flu-cured varieties. Air-cured tobacco then, once fermented and properly cured, is used not as little cut-up pieces. It is used as whole leaf running right through the cigar. So it is what we call bunched up in sort of cylinders running right through the cigar. And then the second leaf that you use in the cigar is called the binder leaf. So it is then rolled up within a binder leaf. And finally, the third leaf that you need is what we call the wrapper leaf. That is the sort of the tuxedo of the cigar, the, the very high quality, nice looking type of leaf. That leaf provides it with both an excellent texture to hold in your hand, to flash around at the golf club, but also it seals the cigar so that when you draw on the cigar, there's no air leaking from a cigar. What I'm referring to is you would know that if you use a straw to drink your favorite beverage and there's a little hole in the straw, you can't draw the fluids through the, that because of the leakage. The same with the cigar. If that final leaf is not perfect and seals the cigar, the cigar can't be smoked. Now, farmers would be interested to know that if you look at ordinary cigar leaf in South Africa, those leaves would sell on the international market at a price of about 100 rand a kilo. However, if you talk about real cigar wrapper leaf, you're talking about $50 per kilogram. So it is significantly more expensive if you're able to make real wrapper leaves and manufacture those. There is incredible market out there for such leaves. You mentioned that you guys are producing specifically in the Western Cape, but also mentioned about the northern provinces. What I am interested to know is, where in South Africa are you creating cigars and does the climate actually matter? Can it be produced anywhere? General comments about the type of environment suitable for tobacco growing is there's mainly sort of three things that you need to understand. You need sandy soils, well-drained. You don't want the plant to stand up in saturated type of soils. For higher types of uh, rain seasons is better. The tobacco plant, just as a matter of interest, requires about 750 millimeters of rain during its lifetime. So that's why if you look at South Africa, 
mostly irrigation is used on these plants. The second type of thing that you need to understand is the pH. You want a pH of about between 5 and 5.7. Around about there, you can't have too high a pH, otherwise it won't grow. And then finally, in terms of temperatures, you want temperatures not going below 20 degrees and also not going too much higher than that. So an excellent growing area would be during the growing season, at least providing 20 degrees to about 25 degrees Celsius throughout that period. Now, the northern provinces usually grows flu-cured tobacco, which means after being picked, it's dried out in ovens. In the Western Cape area, the type of tobacco that is grown is more suitable to pipe and snuff type usage. And here the tobacco is hung up cigar-grown nations. So air-cured, which is quite a longer process, you know, it takes 30, 40 days to cure a leaf after it's being hung up because the main vein, which is quite a thick vein in the leaf, needs to totally dry out. And that takes some time. Leaves that we use is definitely grown here in the western province as opposed to the northern provinces. If you look at the South African sort of tobacco industry, you find that about 80% of tobacco is grown in the northern provinces. And those tobaccos are flu-cured, which means that they are grown and then taken after harvesting, placed in very large ovens and dried using heat. In the western province, though, it is air-cured leaves. There's another comment about the northern provinces. That tobacco is mainly used for cigarette manufacturing. The air-cured tobaccos are used for pipe and snuff type of applications. So in the western province, typically after harvesting the leaves, it is hung up in large sheds. So to dry and that takes about 30, 40, 45 days just to get those leaves all dried up, after which it is then collected by us from the farmers. It is sorted into different applications for cigar making, for instance. There's a distinguishing categorization of the leaves on the plant. So starting at the bottom, you know, the first four leaves at the bottom is used mainly for wrappers. Then the second and third rows of leaves on the plant is used for filler and is very good in terms of taste. And then the final top leaves are used to promote the burning of the cigar and is also sort of the stronger in body leaves, which is added for even more flavor, but like I said, also to enhance the ability of the cigar to actually burn. The leaves we use, therefore, typically grown here in the Western province. We have found that some of the Cuban varieties, if you plant it on the farm on this side of the river, for instance, you'll get a certain result. You plant it on the other side of the river, you get a different result, all because of the soil differences pH differences, even maybe irrigation, all of these actually add up to give you the final result. Another interesting thing about tobacco leaves is 
Tobacco leaves that is grown in dark soils turn out to be dark leaves, and those in lighter sort of soils, lighter in color, which is quite an interesting phenomenon. Can you also maybe share with us what the cigar market looks like in South Africa? Do you have plans to export or are you currently exporting? Is currently a huge shortage of cigars worldwide. So there is really a market for exporting cigars. And there's also an interesting trend in addition to this basic shortage of cigars. There's also an interesting opening up in the market for new and different type of products. The traditional approach of saying, I'm just smoking Cuban cigars, is now lesser of a deterrent for South African cigar, for instance, entering the world market, because people are looking for something a bit different in terms of taste, in terms of texture, in terms of look. So I'm sure that we'll be looking into that market real soon. The local market is also a very interesting market. In the main, there's two types of people that would buy cigars, maybe three. The one might be just a person seeing the cigar and being curious, and that would be most likely sort of a once-off experience. Then you get the person that has something that he wants to celebrate. And for some other reason, there is this tradition that when a child is born, when a friend is going to get married, you're going to have a cigar just to celebrate that great event. Those are interesting customers. Depending on how flashy you would be, you would buy a bigger cigar or a If the budget squeezes, that's the only reason why you will go for a smaller type of cigar. Then you get the real collectors of cigars. These are the people that would typically be like the wine collectors. So they would collect different cigars from all over the globe. They will have some Cubans, Nicaraguans, Dominican cigars, European cigars in their portfolio. And they will keep those cigars and age them even. You know, cigars can be aged and it is also pretty much like red wine. gets, over time, more mild. So there is a notable change if you age a cigar. But these guys would typically have a few cigars in stock in in their studies or at home and keep humidors of cigars. They would typically be the ones who would buy boxes of cigars and then share it with friends and from time to time just buy additional stock to make sure that they complete their collection. And those are the most loyal and valued type of customers for any cigar manufacturer. What is your advice to farmers who want to jump into the cigar industry? Is it worth it? What is your advice and how lucrative is it? I'm no expert like I've already indicated, but... As far as the local tobacco industry goes, I think that there is most likely going to be a growth in the industry going forward. And that growth will be interesting enough, not, I think, necessarily on the side of cigarette tobaccos, but on the side of tobacco as a luxury item, which is therefore your cigar-type tobaccos. So to the extent, I think, going forward that the focus is changing in that direction, 
especially if we could pull it off and start producing the export cigar, it is definitely going to be a significant impact on the South African market. Remember the South African market, and I've already indicated, you know, the, the Western Cape and the air-cured side of the market in South Africa being small, as small as 20% of the total local production. If you take into account that you're talking about formal, informal farmers of about 300 farmers, if you take into account the total production being about uh, 50,000 tons only, the needle could quite easily move significant as far as cigar tobacco goes, if that would take off. Thanks, Octavia. And thanks for joining us here on Farmers Inside Track. Yakus Neyman from Santa Bras. Now, for more on this topic, you can visit www.foodformzanzi.co.za. You know, at Food Film Zanzi, we can never say this enough. The endless opportunities for young South Africans to step into the agricultural sector is absolutely amazing. And our annual AgriCareers Roadshow is the perfect showcase for the thousands of high school learners we reach. Some students share their highlights from one of our most recent trips to Carter High School in Peter Maritzburg in Kwazulu Natal. Hi, my name is Zekete Lombottom from Market Fontaine based in Durban. Today's program was really informative. I learned a lot about agriculture. Specifically, I wanted to be something like an engineer, and I didn't think that would link into agriculture. But today I learned that there is actually something called an agriculture engineer, and there are fields like computer programming, and that really fascinates me. And I am considering entering the agricultural sciences field. My name is Sipesitle Zondi. I am the president-elect for Notbury Park. So for today's presentation, I think it was quite fruitful, formative also, and I think all the learners that were gathered here grasped something that will help when it comes to making their career choices and so forth. Uh, I was thinking of going into the field of doing plant pathology. If not, if things go waste, I'd go for agricultural management and production. So my name is Natasha from Eastwood Secondary. This program was very helpful. Now I know more about agricultural science and the careers to pick from. And what I like most is that agriculture helps with the environment. And I like the part where the lady says that she uses biological things coming from the earth and not things that are going to harm the earth and pollute the earth. I found it very helpful. And now I know where to go from here and choose the careers and the subjects too and the market locations and the percentages. I'm still deciding, but I'm going to choose from IT or an agricultural engineer. And I'm still going to think about it further and do my research on my own and find out where I go from there. My name is Sandolets Kumalo, and I'm coming from Zuzuluazi Secondary School. It was a good program, and I think it was for us to tell us about how important agriculture is and how we must continue with agriculture. So what I'm interested in that I heard from the inside was that when you want to become a, an agricultural pharmacist, you must have pure meds, level 5 passing rate, and physics. Now for more on how you can join AgriCareers, go to www.agricareers.co.za. And that's a wrap from Mido Numdu, Octavius Pandil, our technical producer Megan van der Fendt, and the rest of the Food from Zanzi team. Have an awesome rest of the week. Bye for now. Life in South Africa can be a lot. I mean, scroll through Twitter for a minute and tell me I'm wrong. 
Thank God for South Africans though, right? We're inspiring and even on the bad days, we fight back with a smile. That's why I love Food for Mzanzi so much. They're not ashamed to celebrate the ordinary unsung heroes who work every day to put food on our nation's tables. Go to foodformzanzi.co.za and never miss an inspiring story.